I love hearing about wild ideas that bring people outside in unexpected ways. For Sara Mudalal, video games and anime were a gateway into outdoor athleticism. As a kid who was always jumping on the furniture and swinging on the monkey bars, she was inspired by acrobatic characters in her movies and games. When she was 20 years old, she decided to try parkour. She also decided to start wearing a hijab as an expression of her Muslim identity. Over the years, plenty of people told her to stop practicing parkour because of her gender or her faith. But Sara has kept her head up, found success in the world of parkour, and inspired thousands of people to stay true to themselves. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living, an REI Co-op Studios production. Parkour is a unique sport that involves using acrobatic and gymnastic movements in urban environments. You might have seen videos of people who scale walls or jump from building to building. These athletes move in ways that somehow seem both effortless and impossible to pull off. But Sada Mudalal proves that with hours of training, focus, and plenty of perseverance, anyone can learn to practice parkour. Sara Mudalal, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. You just told me what your what your last name means. Can you tell us again? It means uh, spoiled. You don't seem very spoiled. You seem just like a grateful, excited, energetic, I just want to soak and squeeze everything out of life kind of a person. Oh, uh, it's just, you nailed it. Okay, so for some of us who are completely clueless <laughs> about parkour, can you just explain what it is? Sure. So parkour the definition is getting from point A to point B as swiftly as possible. Now, at this point, when, when people do parkour outside, they sometimes they can go in a circle. But the, the initial definition is just from going from one obstacle to the other in an urban environment with your own flow and personality kind of thing. Like whether it's over a railing, over a ledge, and finally like, you know, jumping and sticking onto I don't know, another ledge maybe but it's it's a, yeah it's a pretty simple definition but we can complicate it as hard as we want like you do the basic moves and then by the time you figure out the essential moves of like what parkour is then you start figuring out your own flow because everyone develops their own personality in parkour where like I don't know if you'd compare it to gymnastics it's like everything needs to be sequential synchronized like every move needs to be perfect where in parkour it's like oh he's doing it this way oh i like well, i like it. i like the way he does it that's like his own personality but people can copy that and then like make it into their own which is kind of cool how did you find parkour funny story my friend like i don't know i, I was first of all into anime a lot like their agility and like the way they move it's just so mesmerizing and so my friend, we were like watching like ninja videos out of all things. And I think this was around 2015. He showed me like a ninja video and I was like, oh man, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And, and then like the next day he's like, yo, there's a parkour gym 10 minutes away from our house. Like, are you down? I was like, of course I'm down. So we go, we, we sign up for a class, Tempest Free Running. And you just walk in Shelby and it's literally like a jungle gym for adults. 
Like everything is just jumpable and swingable and you can, and like you're an adult and you won't get judged for like playing on this platform where you go to like a par a local park, you'll be like, dude, like get off, this is for kids, you know? But um, I go in, I get to take my first class and I never left. I, I fell in love with it so quick. Sara was naturally athletic growing up. She played basketball, and when she was 12, her mom enrolled her in karate. Today, Sara is a third-degree black belt, and she also trains parkour regularly. After Sara took her first parkour class in 2015, she decided to publish a video of herself on her YouTube channel. Her content was well-received. Just two years after posting her first parkour video, she collaborated with the well-known content creator Nas Daily. They made a video about stereotypes, in Sara's case, about the assumptions people make about her because of her hijab. The video racked up hundreds of thousands of views. From there, others reached out, and Sara's parkour skills were featured on the local news, on CNN Sport, and on BBC Sport. She even made a video with Red Bull. Eventually, Sara ended up on the hit TV show American Ninja Warrior, where she was the first woman to compete wearing a hijab. I want to talk to you about sports and your culture. Talk to me about it. So growing up, I didn't wear the hijab all my life. I wore it actually when I started parkour <laughs> the same year. But before that, uh, you know, I was I was just you know, a, a regular average girl just like, you know, playing sports and doing my thing. And there's a lot of girls in my community. They just never played sports. They never got into it. They think like it's just not, I guess, modest or feminine or they just never really like was exposed to it. Maybe how I was in a, in a way. But even when like a woman wears a hijab, like they're supposed to be, quote unquote, modest where like, you don't play sports, you don't move around, you just stay, I guess, I don't wanna say like timid, but like you just, you know, like you just don't, you just don't do it. And for me, like, just because I wear the hijab doesn't mean my personality is gonna change. You know, when I, when I started actually wearing the hijab, I was doing like a little bit of tumbling and gymnastics when I was like 18. I did that for two years and then I wore the hijab. And just because I started wearing it doesn't mean like I'm going to stop doing it because like I like it. And even in karate, growing up, I, I never wore the hijab. And when I started wearing it again, like I'm not going to stop training karate because I now wear the hijab. I actually know someone who like is a distant family member. She was training karate also. And then she started wearing the hijab and then she stopped doing it. And I talked to her about it and I'm like, why, like, why would you stop if, if you like it? And she goes, well, um, she's, she's shy. Like she became like, uh, reserved, I guess that's the word. Like she doesn't want to do it. And I guess like maybe a little bit of pressure from her family members. It's, it's difficult because I'm going to tell you, Shelby, like even to this day, it's not just women telling other women not to do it. It's men who think they have the authority to tell other women who I don't even know. I still get comments to this day of like, yeah, you should probably stop. Yeah, why are you doing this? You know, things like that. And it's just, it doesn't affect me, but it's just, I'm, I kind of laugh at this point because of how ignorant men are and how stupid they look um, in the comment section when they say that. And it's still a struggle to this day. Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion 
around wearing a hijab. And I'd love for you to tell us your experience. And, and first, for those who don't even know what that means, can you tell us what that means and, and why you made that decision? So uh, being a hijabi, um, it's part of the religion of Islam that women wear the hijab um, once they reach puberty. And of course, like me and many other girls, like we all reach puberty around like middle school age. So it's still like a, a stage for a girl to still not understand. And this was from my experience uh, to still not understand like me, for example, being confident in myself me fully understanding about my religion, me also like being surrounded by my peers who are also not Muslim. If this was a different situation for me, if I lived in Jordan, where the majority of people are Muslim, it could have been easier for me to wear the hijab. But because of that, you know, I waited. And when I graduated high school, I, I still wasn't wearing it at the time, which was around 2012. And then everyone from high school, I also went to community college and so I was like, okay, like people still know me. I kind of still don't want to wear it yet because I'm still not ready for it. And then when came the time where I transferred from a community college to university where it's all fresh, all brand new, nobody knows me. And I was telling myself, yeah, like, you know, I'll just try it out. I think I'm fully confident in who I am and what I want to become and things like that. So when I wore it, um, it was also around the same time I started parkour. So the confidence in me is like, I know who I will be wearing it for, which is between me and God. I'm not wearing it for my father. I'm not wearing it for my mother. I'm not wearing it for my friend. I'm wearing it for God. So it, it, it's a really tough like decision to wear it because it's a commitment. Once you wear it, you essentially like should not take it off. But let me be specific on like when you're supposed to be wearing it. You, you don't have to wear it in front of your dad. You don't have to wear it in front of your brother. The only people essentially who are supposed to be wearing it in front of are other men who are not related to you because they're considered marriageable. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. You, you have this like really beautiful, strong sense of self that I admire. Thanks. I think it's hard for a lot of us to be who we are in this world. And I'm guessing this decision hasn't always been easy. What's something you didn't expect about it that was challenging? The biggest part is wardrobe. <laughs> um, it's so hard because because there aren't women who do sports in a hijab, there aren't really like a specific wardrobe for hijabi women to like discover. And if if any of you guys ever look through my Instagram, you can see the amount of wardrobe uh, tests and changes I go through um, throughout the years. Because, like, tell us some. I, I, I want to hear it. <laughs> I think, like, when I first wore it, I was literally in, like, Target sweats and, like, a long sleeve under a T-shirt. And I'm like, dude, it's hot. <laughs> it's, like, I, I don't I have to figure something out. And then I think, like, maybe within, like, a couple months, like, the, the Tempest Parkour Gym... They sell merch. They sell like parkour clothes. So they sell like tanks. And so I bought a tank top and then I went and, and like bought Adidas sweats. And then I was like, all right, well, so what am I going to wear for long sleeves? Because all the long sleeves just make me feel really hot. And then I like started looking into like Under Armour with like the really thin material. Um, then I started looking into like designs and what looks cute and what looks not and, like Lululemon or like Athleta. Like they have 
really um, breathable fabric that lasts really long. So I started, you know, investing into that. And then uh, my wardrobe just progressively started getting better. <laughs> on social media, Sara shares not only her latest training techniques and her progress on new moves, she also shares fun things like her parkour tutorials and her wardrobe. She's built an online community where she can be herself, do what she loves, and help others do the same. When we come back, Sarah talks about the role of visualization in her practice, her relationship with failure, fear, and more. Parkour requires you to look at the world a little differently, something that athlete Sara Mudalal is particularly good at. It's all about noticing small features in your environment and quickly being able to gauge distance and height. When I see videos of people doing parkour and flipping over walls, I'm amazed at how fluid and graceful their movements are. Before Sada tries a parkour move out in urban environments, she practices it over and over again in a gym where there are foam pits, pads, and other surfaces that are gentler than concrete. How does one train for parkour? So once you master the fundamentals, you could pretty much do anything and then exceed it further. Uh, it's kind of like uh, also for karate, right? We all train the fundamentals from white belt to black belt. <laughs> and our sensei, he's like, listen, a black belt is a certificate of basics. Once you get your black belt, then you start to learn. When he said that, I was like, oh, okay. But the difference between karate and something like parkour is, I'm assuming mostly karate is done in a dojo. Yes. And parkour, you do it in a gym, but also elsewhere. So tell me a little bit about the difference between what you do in the gym and what you do in the city. Sure. So in the gym, um, you can throw yourself however you want and not get hurt. <laughs> um, ideally. Ideally, ideally in a safe way. Uh don't do that, whoever's listening. In a more controlled in a more, environment. Yes, I was just saying that for okay. fun. Um, but in a gym, I can kind of treat it like as a dojo, right? Like I'm training in a gym, perfecting my skill, perfecting my art, and understanding my body. I always start off everything at a gym. When I want to flip for the first time, when I really want to make a big jump for the first time, when I want to swing on a bar for the first time, everything, me personally is carefully trained and carefully executed because first of all, it trains my mind that I am capable of doing this. So whenever I start jumping larger and larger gaps, and then for, let's say I go outside and I see that same distance gap, but outside I could be like, oh yeah, like I've done this before, I could easily do it. So um, my first time I actually ever did a side flip outside. I've trained that in the gym so consistently. And are you landing on a mat or are you landing in a foam pit? Um, it first was foam pit. And then once I started like standing in the foam pit, I started putting a mat. And then once I started to put the mat, I put a panel mat, which is a harder than a mat. And then I started get, bringing it onto the gymnastics floor, but with a mat. And then once I do that, and then there's a harder floor and I go there. And so like, I just, you know, 
keep moving up until I'm very comfortable and very confident with my ability to continue the flip and land it and see where I'm going. So my first time ever training outside with a bunch of people that I've met in the gym, because they all train outside regularly, I see this ledge and I see like how far it is from the ground. And it's exactly how I've been training to side flip off something in the gym. And it's the same exact setup that I found outside. And so I was like, okay. So I made a line and that ends with a side flip. And when I landed it first time outside, I was like so giddy thinking like, wow, like all this training, all this where it took me back to concrete outside was like one of the biggest accomplishments I've done. Cause it's, first of all, like it shows like the work that I've been putting in. It's a, it's a very, very amazing feeling to experience going through that process in parkour. And essentially that, that is what parkour is all about. I mean, side flips was like one thing, but like parkour in general, when you're running and, you know, jumping big gaps, um, you, you feel like, you know, all the work that you've been putting in inside the gym to mentally get to that point is very rewarding. So this show is like about nature and what you do is outside, but it's also inside. So when you go outside and you go to a park and I go to a park, I bet they're two different things. <laughs> when you go to a park, like tell me about what you see and then how you decide to pick your line and like what goes in that creative process. I love that you asked that question because whenever we, whenever I go to a park, whenever me and my parkour friends, we go to a park, we see like, all right, jumping over that, going under that. Okay, I could probably go around that. But like, how am I supposed to go around that? Like, okay, I gotta figure out something here. And it's just like a continuous like programming in your head. It's just like, okay, like what, there's a lot of things I can do here. Where should I start? Where should I play? Like, this is just full on play. So let's say, you know, you see the monkey bars and you see like maybe the bridge platform or you see some railings um, that probably you can use the monkey bars to swing to, or there's like a little, little tiny, like circle seat that's random in, in the, in the park. And you just like, you know, jump to that. And sometimes there's like, maybe, maybe there's like little plastic mushrooms that are like sticking out in the park. And you're like, okay, maybe I can like run through that and then jump to this part of the, of the ledge on the, on the playground structure. And like, you could just continuously like stir up lines in your head that you can probably do where it's just like for you know someone else to just see like kids just you know swinging or like going on a monkey bar and it's just like okay so am i am i seeing this as a little kid or am i am i being a kid or is it just me as a you know person who's trained parkour for a very long time i just have like a a different mindset of like play a one thing that's like really even more exciting is when you go to an area where it's not meant for play. Um, me and my friends, we were driving to, just to get acai. And then all of a sudden, like we drive by a church. And I think all of us were just like, <laughs> our eyes just opened up. And like the, the amount of play and lines that just came up with our head, it just stirred up so much. And so as soon as we parked the car and we're like, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that church? And then so we went, we went the next day we went back to the church and the amount of stuff that we came up with in an area where it's not even meant for play. It's meant for like just aesthetics. We, we came up with so many things because of how it was built accidentally for parkour. 
and it's it's even better when you find a spot like that than at like a regular jungle gym park because like first of all you get more creative and second like you just feel like yeah like that's my spot yeah i found that spot yeah guys come through this, this i found this one The infrastructure of our cities, the railings, the retaining walls, even the planters are all opportunities to play. A balcony becomes a place to vault from. Benches become stepping stones and bike racks become hurdles. You might see a cool building, but Sara sees an exciting new spot to express herself, practice new tricks and push her limits. How does it feel? like? to do parkour. I mean, I'm really curious how it felt at first when you were younger and you tried it for the very first time and you're like, yeah, this. Like, what went through your mind? What made that stick? So the idea and thought of like, I love the endless possibilities of what the body is capable of doing mentally too. You can compare it to any sport. Like when you see a surfer, like, you know, look at that big wave and then just surf down. You're looking at it through a video and I'm like, what is this guy going through surfing this huge, like 20 foot wave kind of thing? So for parkour, it's like a mental thing too, because when you are jumping from ledge to ledge outside, it's it's mentally scary because you could easily shin it, you could easily miss, you could, there's a whole bunch of things. So for me, it's like that, that's the mindset that I wanted where like I wanted to train my body safely, but at the same time, strengthen it mentally. So that way, when I go outside, I won't be as scared. But I think the, the thing that I had to push through the most, which was a little bit frustrating, was creating parkour lines and not to be embarrassed of what you create compared to other people who have been doing it for years and they just look flawless when they do it that aspect i think like the beginning when people try parkour is the hardest part because like when they are in group jams you just like pretty much stand and you're just like looking at everyone okay well if i do something like i'm gonna i'm gonna be laughed at but like that's the one thing that was kind of hard to push through while starting it is an interesting sport because it involves athleticism and gymnastics and style and personal style. But also there's this element of fear. Like you're jumping over buildings. When you said you shin it, I'm guessing that means like your shin hits like a bar or a railing. Or like, I mean, that's just that expression just makes me it, it was, like, yeah, I, have a visceral reaction. Um, you like to do things that are scary. I mean, it's like, you can say that. I, I don't, I wouldn't think of it as scary in a way because for me, like I, I would always train, I was a gym rat to begin with, like indoors, right? So like, if I wanna do a big jump, like I, I get all the mats, <laughs> I get all the mats to like keep it there until like I mentally know that I'm strong enough to do it. That way, when I take it out, it's like, okay, not scary. But I mean, I guess if we could compare it to any sport, like, yeah, it kind of is pretty scary. But I wouldn't say the term of like, I go looking for something scary to do. What inspires me to do it is, it's like, wow, the body can do that? Well, how do you get there? You know, it's, it's, it's different. It's more like you want to see your full potential. Yeah, that's it. Interesting. We started off this conversation and you said, you know, you kind of like to do things that push your comfort zone. 
And to me, this sport is full of that. Yeah. It kind of disciplines you mentally as well. It kind of also like helps maybe structure your life even better because you you continuously challenge the norm kind of thing in life in general. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I think it helped me become more of a better person and more, like I said, structured and disciplined. A huge amount of Sara's success as an athlete is because of her mindset and her training. It requires discipline to learn progressively harder parkour movements. She starts with something simple, like a small jump, and builds up to doing something more complex, like a front flip. And then even when she's practiced a move over and over again, she still has to overcome fear and self-doubt to then land it outside. How do you get pumped to do like a line that might be pretty challenging? You know, you have to jump a big gap, you have to do a flip over concrete. It's it's really something that you have to believe in yourself to do. There's a bunch of times where I see jumps that I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can do this jump. I don't think I can do it. And then there's a lo- another part of me is like, oh, you, <laughs> you loser, you're stubborn. Like, come on, like, don't give up. Like, just try it. Just try it. And like, it's just like, it keeps nagging me. Like, yeah, come on, you could do it. You could do it. It's just like the competitiveness in me. I can specifically talk about the situation because this, I was actually discouraged. And then I built up my progress to actually make this jump. How far is this jump? Maybe like eight, eight, 10 feet. 10 feet long. Yeah. I used like a ledge to even propel me even further. I saw a guy do the jump and I was like, well, I can't do this jump now. I mean, like it, it looks pretty far. But then I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me just take it step by step. So I used a stick as a measuring tool to see how far I can keep pushing it back and making it to eventually make it to the spot where you're supposed to take off from. And so once I got myself to land it and get it recorded, my reaction was just like, I can't believe that. I just did that. I can't believe I went through all of that. And then, you know, was stubborn about it, competitive about it. And I just completely like proved myself wrong and just did it. So in terms of like hyping myself, it's never really something that I, I do all the time. It's just something I progressively do if let's say I see something and I know I could do this jump and I know I've done this jump before but it looks so scary because of how it's positioned I start envisioning in myself doing it because that's really important mentally you have to see yourself making it before you make the jump visualization that's so hard yeah for some people Mm -hmm. how did you learn how to do visualization um I learned from my friends they tell me like listen you got to see yourself doing it first before you make that jump. If you don't if you look at something for the first time and you see yourself doing it, then you can do it. If you look at something for the first time and you immediately do not see yourself doing it, then take a step back, train a little more, and then come back and then see it again. It's a conversation with your mind all the time. You know, there's a there's a high element of failure in your sport. You have to fail a lot to succeed. And that's not like hiking, like in hiking, you don't, you don't really fail at hiking. I mean, sometimes you don't get to the top of the mountain, but when you go to do parkour, like every day you're trying something that you don't succeed at. So I'm, I'm curious what your relationship with failure is and, and has it always been this way? 
there's a lot of times where I fail. There's a lot of challenges that I never completed, that I never finished. And sometimes like it, it's pretty frustrating because like sometimes you're just very, very close. It's like you want to get it, but you have to know and be meant, like strong enough to know when to walk away and not be mad about it. Because one thing, like you have to teach yourself, okay, like I'm just not strong enough this time. So like, I'll just have to come back to it. I, I learned that I can't be mad about it. It's just something that I should not put pressure on myself because like, I'm really doing this for myself. I just think it's, it's like, it's kind of cool because you have to encounter failure a lot in your sport. And so I'm sure you're much more comfortable at it now. Yeah, failing is, failing is part of the routine. It's part of the day. <laughs> what are we gonna fail at today? Let's see. <laughs> What advice do you give people who want to pursue a wild idea? Don't take no for an answer. Just don't. I could have stopped when my dad said, like, yes, you stop doing parkour. Like, it's a man's sport. Who knows, like, where I could be sitting right now. Um, or, like, seeing comments, like, on social media. You know, if, if I listened to every single person that said no, I don't know where I would be. And I kind of, like, not interested in figuring that out because this is the present. This is where I am right now. Sada looks at barriers to success like they're parkour obstacles. She's going to figure out a way to jump over them no matter what. It's how she's become an accomplished parkour athlete, and it's how she's pursuing her goals for the future. And let me tell you, this woman has some big goals. Sada hopes to break into stunt work and open a parkour gym. And because she loves gaming, Sada also wants to open a boba shop for gamers. With her sense of determination, I have faith she'll make her most wild ideas a reality. Sada, thank you so much for talking with me. It was so cool to learn more about parkour. I personally can't even do a cartwheel, so I'm so impressed by someone like you who can do flips and jump walls and do all these crazy moves. You can see Sada Mudalal's incredible moves on Instagram at Sada Mudalal. That's S-A-R-A-M-U-D-A-L-L-A-L. You can find her channel on YouTube at Sada Mudalal. Also, special thanks to Roman Cote for sending me a great parkour question to ask Sada. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Annie Fassler, Sylvia Thomas, and Sam Piers-Nitzberg of Puddle Creative. Our senior producer is Jenny Barber, and our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby. As always, we love it when you follow this show, rate it, and review it wherever you listen. And remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas. Wildest Ideas.